Well, good morning again, church. It is such a blessing to get to worship with all of you. And, um, and, and as you've heard now, we are in a sermon series and simply titled, This is What We Do. Um, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be talking about what we do as a community of faith, how we support ourselves. This is also our generosity campaign where we focus on uh, the ministry that we have done in 2020 and we look forward to what God will do through us in 21 and we consider how we might invest in that ministry as well. And so uh, last week we talked about how belonging is one of the things that we do as a community of faith. Uh, that belonging to a community, being a part of something greater than ourselves is what we do. And this week we look at service. We look at service, and so um, service is one of the things that we do as a community of faith. And, and just to kind of set some basic terms, right, just to kind of define what we're talking about here, I think service can simply be defined as this, that service is participating in something that is important. It, it is giving our time, it is giving our energy and our efforts to something that is important. Um, service is, is um, participating in something that is important, and service is definitely something that this church knows a lot about. Uh, as Pastor Sarah shared during the children's moment, um, one of the great things that we do here as a church is that we feed people who are hungry. I have a picture of it here, that this is a picture of what happens now on Saturdays as we distribute fresh produce to families in the area. To date, we have served more than 98,000 people Right, almost 100,000 people have been fed because people serve here at this church. This congregation has committed themselves to something that is important. Something that is important. That's what service is. And, and, and here's, the time, here's the thing about that, that, that thing that we give up, that time. That time is our most precious commodity. Time is our most precious commodity. It's the thing that we can never get back, that once we give up our time, it's something that we can never gain again, right? You've heard people participate in something or watch something that they didn't really want to watch, and they inevitably always say, right, like, I'll never get that time of my life back. You know what I mean? Like, like, and, it's, and it's true. You'll never get that thing back. And so anytime you give up your time, it's important. Anytime you, you give up your time, it is important. And here's the thing about that is that sometimes we fill our time with things that don't matter. Time is our most precious commodity, is the thing that we can never get back, but every so often we fill our time with things that don't matter. Um, I don't know if you're like me, I, I, um, I'm a big fan of Apple, and anytime a new operating system comes out on my phone, I, I want to download it as fast as possible, and so iOS 14, uh, the new operating system for my iPhone came out, and so I downloaded it, and now I can put widgets on my home screen, right? If you had an Android, you could do this like 10 years ago, but uh, I can do it now, and, and one of the things I put on my phone, it, it looks like this, um, one of the things I put on my phone was um, the fact that I can now see in the top left my screen time. Right? I can see how often I spend on my phone. Now, this was early in the morning, and I had already spent an hour, right? Which, you know, is either good or bad. But, you know, like, and, and now I can see how much time I waste on my phone. Now, that widget might stay there for a long time or it might be there for a few minutes, right? But um, this is, sometimes we fill our time with things that don't matter, and sometimes I end up wasting hours of my life on YouTube. Sometimes I spend up wasting hours of my life on, on whatever it is, and, and maybe you've experienced the same thing. Maybe you've filled your time with social media, 
And, and you've seen how at the end of that time, you end up feeling worse about yourself than when you started that time. Or maybe you've spent your time reading the news and you've realized how anxious you got by the end of that time than you started that time. How do we fill our time? What is important to us? What do we serve? You know, many of us would say, well, well, I serve, you know, my, my work and my children. That's like what my entire time is filled up with now, right? Like, especially in the pandemic, I am full of either doing work or helping my children do online school or, or getting ready to go back to school or doing whatever. That's what my time is filled up with. And I, and I think that's a, a perfectly, you know, valid thing, a perfectly reasonable thing to be doing right now. But sometimes, sometimes we try to do both of those together, right? I'm definitely guilty of this. Sometimes I try to put my work and caring for my children together and what ends up happening is I end up wasting that time because I can't do either very well. And it ends up not really mattering what I do because I'm not really invested in either of it. Sometimes we fill our time with things that don't ma matter and I don't know if you're, you're like me, but in the evening, hours of my life can get lost to Netflix, right? Hours of my life can get lost to streaming whatever senseless TV show is going on right now and that time ends up really getting, getting wasted. And this idea of service, this thing about how we spend our time is, is very important, especially um, to the prophet Isaiah. This morning we're going to read um, out of the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah is in the Old Testament. Uh, it's one of the first, um, it is the first prophet that comes up in your, in your Old Testament and somewhere kind of in the middle of the first half of your Bible. And so uh, I invite you, if you haven't already, um, go ahead and grab your Bible if you have one on your shelf or uh, maybe it's, you know, somewhere in your house. I invite you to go ahead and grab that. And, and I find it helpful to, to make notes and underline. It helps me remember things. Or, or maybe you use your phone. Uh, you use a Bible app on your phone. However you do that, I encourage you to go ahead and grab that. We're going to be reading um, this morning out of Isaiah 58. Um, something you should know, some context. Uh, that The prophet Isaiah, um, the book that we have that we call Isaiah, was actually written over a long period of time. Um, some scholars think that it might have been written even over like 150 years period of time. And so it's um, very unlikely that, that one person um, wrote this book. But in fact, you know, a couple of different people, maybe even three different people. And so um, this passage that we come to is Isaiah 58, and it was written... Um, towards the end of what's called the Babylonian exile. Um, it, the people of Judah had been conquered, I think we have a graphic of it here, had been conquered by a country called Babylon and in 587. And so they had been taken, you can see that line there, from their hometown in Judah um, all the way across to what is now modern-day Turkey um, to Babylon. And they were taken there as a Jewish people and they were forced to intermarry and, and so that they might lose their lineage and actually become Babylonian. But eventually King Cyrus around 538 allowed the people, the Hebrew people, to go back to their homeland. And now as these people are going back to their homeland, they have to kind of redefine who they were. You see, because while they were in Babylon, they had some practices that they had developed. Some things that said, this is what we do as a people. We have developed these kinds of practices to preserve our people. But the thing was, is that they had preserved the practices without actually focusing on the why. They had preserved some practices without actually focusing on why do we do these things that we do. We know that they did this because of what Isaiah writes. Isaiah write this, writes this in Isaiah 58, um, uh, verse 4. He says, look. You fast only to quarrel and fight and to strike with the wicked fist. 
Isaiah says, look, you fast, you do these religious rites, you do these practices, and that's a good thing. But when you get done with that, you fight with each other and you strike one another. He said, you've lost the purpose of this. You, You are wasting your time if you are fasting and then striking another person. And, and here's this thing that I've realized, I, I think it applies to us in this way. Um, I found this to be true. Maybe you found this as well. You can't read the Bible and be a jerk, right? Like, it just, it doesn't compute. You can't read the Bible and be a jerk. If you tell your friends that you're Christian and then immediately criticize them and yell at them and, and are kind of a jerk to them, then they're, they're going to really doubt whether or not you follow Jesus Christ. You, maybe you follow something else, you know, like... I've realized this in my life, like if I am, if I'm having like a devotional in my house, right, if I'm reading the Bible, if I'm praying in my house and my kids come up and interrupt me, I have to work really hard to be gracious and loving to them, right? Because if they were to come in and interrupt my, like my prayer and then I were to snap at them and say, don't you know what I'm doing? They wouldn't want to get close to this idea of prayer, right? We can't read the Bible and be a jerk. And, and what Isaiah is saying, you can't fast and then strike another person. It doesn't work that way. That's not a good use of your time. In, in fact, he says this in Isaiah 58, um, verses 6 through 7. He says, is not this the fast that I choose? He, he's quoting God here, saying, to loose the bonds of injustice, to undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover them and to not hide yourself from your own kin? Uh, I I love this translation. Um, We're going to hear from Ashley Zikafus, who is going to share from her first grade Bible. Let's hear from Ashley this morning. Ashley says, share your food with hungry people. Provide homeless people with a place to stay. Ashley, way to go. We are so excited. Ashley, along with our first graders here at Lover's Lane, um, received their first grade Bibles last week. And so in celebration of that, each um, a different first graders getting to share their passage of Scripture in a different worship community. We are so happy for you, Ashley. And we hope that you will keep reading your Bible. And, and so Ashley shares this passage from Isaiah that says, look, if you're going to fast, if you're going to do these practices, then make sure it is followed by caring for the people who are in need. This is a good use of your time. Isaiah, in other words, says, decide what's important first. Decide what's important. And then fill your time. There's a, there's a lot of times we get this confused, right? We, we mix this up. Sometimes we fill our schedules like immediately. You know, maybe even about now you are starting to look at your calendar for Monday through Sunday, right? Through, through, through the next week. And you're saying, okay, here's all these things that, I, that, that have already filled my time. And then we, we just assume that those things are important. But what if we did it the other way around? What if we said, what's important? What is the most valuable thing? And then how can I ensure that everything I am doing is accomplishing 
that important thing. This passage out of Isaiah 58 um, actually comes up again in the Bible. It, it comes up in the New Testament. In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus um, ha has just spent this time wandering in the desert. He has been um, baptized um, by John the Baptist, and then the Spirit immediately sends him out into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And, and, and in, after he spends that time in the, in, the, in the desert, in the wilderness, he goes to his hometown of Nazareth. Right after this time of, of fasting and praying out in the wilderness, you would want to be recovered in your hometown, right, by the people who love you. And so Jesus goes to Nazareth, and he goes to the synagogue in Nazareth, this kind of local place of worship. And he goes there, and he reads this passage out of Isaiah. It's, it's a couple different verses, but it's all out of Isaiah 58. We read this in Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 19. Jesus grabbed the scroll, and he said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor and has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to let the oppressed go free and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus reads this scroll and, and in essence he says this is what I am about. This is the most important thing that I can do and my time is going to be consumed with this thing. This is what it's like his thesis statement. It's like his mission statement. The spirit of the Lord is upon me to do these things. And you would think that this hometown boy who comes back home and says the Spirit of the Lord is upon me to do these things that God talked about in Isaiah, that God talked about in the prophets when our people returned home from Babylon, you would think that whenever Jesus got back to his hometown and said, I'm going to do these things that the people would celebrate. And they would say, we're so glad that you have set our priorities straight, that you have made sure that we are on this path. You would think that they would be excited about that. But they weren't. We read this just a, a few verses later that they, the people who listened, got up, drove him out of town and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town was built so that they might hurl him off the cliff. They tried to kill him. Jesus said, I am about these things. I am classifying these things as important and the rest of my time is going to be spent doing these things. Why did they try to kill him? Because I've realized this in, in my ministry and in my life. We fail to separate our time from our values and our values from ourselves. Look at that for just a little bit. And if you want to write that down, I encourage you to write that somewhere. We fail to separate our time from our values and our values from ourselves. What does that mean? Like I said earlier, many times we, we fill up our time and then assume that the things that we are doing are important. And so we ascribe our values to those. But then not only that, we now have kind of retroactively ascribed our values to our time. And not only that, but then we ascribe our identity to those things that we do. So that if anybody ever came in and said, hey, is this really what you ought to be doing? Sometimes there is this gut reaction in ourselves. Sometimes there is this like this base fear that we might be found out that for some reason somebody is not just questioning our time or even our values but is questioning my very identity. So if they were to ever say hey is this really how you should be using your time when we lash out at them. And we maybe criticize or we protect our own identity in some way. Friends I want you to be able to separate all of those things. Just because you're spending time doing it does not mean it's your value, does not mean it's 
it's important to you. And maybe even if it is important to you, maybe if it even is a value, it doesn't mean that it's part of your identity. I want to encourage you, friends, to separate those things, be able to look at that in, in some kind of objective way. Just because you're adjusting your time doesn't mean you're a bad person. Just because maybe you're adjusting your values doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you're a person. And we are all in this process of adjusting our lives. Friends, I, I want to encourage you in this time. And so there's a couple of things that I, I want to encourage you to do t this week. Um, first of all, I want you to, to practice this, to decide what is important. Decide what's important to you. Before you look at your calendar, before you look at your schedule, before you look at the things that you have to get done, before you look at the practices that are coming up, before you look at your work schedule, before you look at anything else, ask yourself, what is important? Uh, my family and I have um, kind of gone through this process a little bit. Actually, my, my wife and I, Melissa, um, we set out kind of like a mission statement um, for our family. And it's actually, um, we had a friend um, kind of do it in some hand script and, and we put it up on our wall. It looks a little bit like this. Um, and um, we decided, uh, Melissa and I did, that, that we as a family would do this, that we are a family that practices self-control, presence, and generosity so that everyone might know the love of God through Christ and participate in bringing the kingdom here on earth. This was the mission statement that Melissa and I set um, kind of a few years ago, actually. And, and there'll probably be a process um, later on when our kids get older that we reevaluate this. And, and we say, okay, what is really important to us? But, but right now, we've said that this is our mission. As a family, we will do these things, that we will practice um, self-control, presence, and generosity, that we can really categorize those as, as really important in our life so that everyone might know the love of God through Christ and participate in bringing the kingdom of God here on earth. Now, here's the thing. When things are going well, when, when we are really like doing the best we do as a family, we evaluate every activity based on this mission statement. Right? We, we evaluate our entire calendar, how we spend our money. We evaluate everything that we do as a family on this mission statement and say, does it accomplish this? And when we are doing well as a family, when, when there's more stress in our family than we would have liked, when, when things aren't working the way we planned, we aren't evaluating what we do as a family based on this mission statement. And, and, and so for you, it doesn't have to be a mission statement. It doesn't have to be this big, like, drawn-out thing. Simply just decide for yourself what is important. And then spend your time doing that. Your, your family should be a part of that. If you've got, you know, if you have responsibilities in your home, your family should be a part of that, but not the detriment of your own soul and your own identity. Some people say, you know what, work, you know, is, is, is a large part of what I do. You know, it's, it's, it's a large um, part of, of my schedule and my time. I hope that that's important to you. But friends, if, if your work is not important to you, Stop doing it. You say, you know, like, I, I, I've got responsibilities. I've got, a, I've got a mortgage. I've got all these things that I've got to do. But if it's not important, 
if it's not a value for you, if it's not accomplishing one of those things that for you is important, then, then it's taking away more life than you're adding. So I hope that you would not only decide what is important, but be devoted to what is important, friends. Be devoted. Spend your time doing those things that are important. Friends, this this sounds really simple, but it's really hard to do. I hope that you, and, and if you have a family, maybe it's just you, however you want, I hope that you would decide what is important and that you would spend your time doing that thing. If you've ever seen Michelangelo's sculpture, David, you've seen truly a, a work of art. David's sculpture is crafted completely from marble, stands 17 feet tall. 17 feet tall. He, he, sculpted, he sculpted this out of marble between 1501 and 1504. It took him three years to craft this statue. And when the Pope asked Michelangelo... The Pope asked Michelangelo, what was the key to this sculpture? What did it take? What did you have to do to craft this sculpture? Michelangelo said, it's simple, really. He said, I took this piece of marble and I took away everything that wasn't David. Friends, the key to service is simple. Decide what is important in your life. Decide what is important in your life. And then take away everything else. Let us pray. God, I pray that you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon your people this morning. Wherever we are gathered this morning, God, I pray that you would bless us. God, we have many things that fill our time. We have many things that are consuming our calendars, God, that, that, that are, are taking away our schedules. God, I pray that you would give us the strength and the courage and the power to say no. God, I pray that you would show us what is important and that we would devote ourselves to that. We ask this by the power of the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ.